Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life. I'm Robert Kane. Rob, I forgot about this. I, I don't even know what to say. Well, it's, it's been, been so it's long. It's been a while, but I know. You, you're still starting my, off about the name, same way as you normally do. My name know. is Rick. Um, <laughs> this is a podcast I'm on called Simple Theology. Yep. Sorry, listeners, it has been so long. It has been a while. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't release a single episode in December. <sighs> We're terrible. Which in the past we've taken off. Yeah. That's after releasing weekly episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we've been barely scraping together monthly episodes. Yes. So thank you guys for being patient with us. We are back. Mm-hmm. Praise God. And we are talking about a couple uh, listener submitted requests. Yes. One on Eastern Orthodoxy, some of the differences between that and Protestantism, and another on DEI in the workplace. What up, what up? Rob. Thanks for the tea. You're welcome. I'm a tea guy now. Mm-hmm. Well, you're you you're getting older. Mm-hmm. Your your bowels can't handle the coffee anymore. Apparently not. Um, you're you're getting more academic. Uh, does tea make you more I academic? Think so. I think you so. think so? You're wearing more sweaters. It's more English. And you're wearing jackets more. I am. I am wearing more sweaters and more jackets. Yeah. Which I like that. I, I think. Thank I, you. I think I you're like heading it. in a good direction with Thank that. Thank you. I like it a lot as well. Good. It's very good. comfy. Yeah. That's the first thing when people think like dressing with like sports coats and sweaters is comfy well the sport coat is less comfy i mean it's fine it's not uncomfortable but it offers lots of pockets and it looks nice it so does that's good you can put your pipe in your pockets i can i have not though that's it have you sm- smoked your pipe in your sweater and your jacket not okay. no no well you have the tea i mean it's all adding up you yeah should. so here's an interesting thing i don't know where you i think you and i are similar on this where people are like there's dressing up and right. that's always viewed as uncomfortable. And like, I just want to be comfortable. And so they get like sweats or like, I don't know, jogging pants or whatever, or leggings, 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 which is a terrible like name for a piece of clothing. I know. <laughs> Can you give me the sleevings? They're still calling my jacket sleevings. <laughs> but I always feel like I don't. Rarely do I like, am I dressed nicely or up? If you can, if you want to use that word, and feel like uncomfortable. I totally agree with so, you. So, like, what are you wearing when you dress up? Like, why are jeans so uncomfortable? Totally agree. They with write you. songs about jeans being comfortable. I'm telling you, man. I I have heard. Um, <laughs> was, say it. Just yeah, say it. I'm just gonna throw Danielle under the bus here. <laughs> Don't no, say it. Yeah, right. But no, she she's like, why don't you just wear something a little bit more comfortable? And and I'm like, I feel fine. I like. I, yeah. I'm pretty comfortable yeah. as it is. Now, yes. granted, she's much more so into the like sweatpants and whatnot because yeah. she's at home a lot more the, than the than whatnot. I am. That's that's where <laughs> that's where it all goes downhill. But no. I, like, I've got a couple pairs of sweatpants. Don't get me wrong; yeah. they're very comfy. Yeah, sure. But I, I feel just as comfortable in jeans, if not more. If not more, I would say I feel more comfortable unless I'm sick. Right. Um, the thing is, and and I've gained a little bit of a reputation among some people for this view. But I have a rather strong view about sweatpants. Oh, do tell. <laughs> well. <laughs> new year, new Rick. New hot takes. No, this is an old one. <laughs> okay. You know, there's an episode of Seinfeld, and I'm not saying I'm a, promoting Seinfeld here. I'm just saying there's an like episode. Seinfeld. <laughs> where George comes in with sweatpants. And I'll send you the clip later, but, but Jerry says to George, you're wearing sweatpants. It's like you're just telling the whole world. 
I give up. <laughs> that's good. And that's what I, th- I that's what I think Trump fans kind of communicates. It's like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And now like we're heading we're heading into a time where like you can wear like there's they're blending sweatpants and regular like slacks, if you will. Sorry, that's a really old term for wow. pants. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. And um and they're like they're not sw- they're neither sweatpants nor regular pants, but apparently they're appropriate to wear to most events and it's like, yeah, that's that's a problem too. Anyway. So I have I, I will I agree with you in large part about your sweatpants take, but I will say, say it. that I don't have a pair of these, but I've seen them where they're um almost like the material of not sweatpants. Because there's difference between like sweatpants, like thick cotton yeah, material, yeah. and like, like your, these aren't like your 1992s. The running, um, like yeah. Lululemon type. Yeah, don't know material. what that is. But I don't yeah. know what material that is either, but it's nice. And they've taken like that nicer material mm-hmm. and used it when making yes. khakis. Yes. So that it's like thin and, and breathable yeah. and stretchy, feels really comfy. Yeah. But they're khakis. Yeah, I, need, I, I think that's brilliant. I, I think need, that's great. I need to get. I need to look at that. I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant. I'm a doubter on that because I feel like in a commercial or a picture or from a distance, but like if I get in a meeting with somebody and I'm like, yeah, pretty much wearing, like you couldn't wear sweatpants culturally. So we just made new sweatpants that are acceptable. And I'm not trying to be like a zealot here. I'm just saying, I don't know. Well, here's what I'm saying. If it, I don't know. If, if you can't tell the difference looking at mm-hmm. it or like it take, it's really hard to tell the yeah, difference. That's fair. I'm all for it for this reason. Yeah is because I was thrilled about stretchy jeans and mm, stretchy khakis because yes. they were more comfortable. Yeah. But even with khakis, yeah, like I only wear khakis maybe once or twice a week. I used to wear them mm-hmm. all the time, but with three kids and they run yeah. up to me with dirty hands, they grab oh, my legs and luck. then yeah. I, I've got to wash the pants. Whereas blue jeans, yeah, like blue uh, jeans cover a ton. Because, they'll ride with you for a long time. Well, yeah, yeah. kicking out messy hands and touch my blue jeans and doesn't really. Yep. So if they are able to make khakis mm-hmm. that have a material, that doesn't absorb that uh, yeah. messy hand yeah, stuff yeah. and just can easily wipe off. Yeah. I would, I'd be all for that. I think they call those ponchos. <laughs> well, here, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> I think they sell those at American Eagle. I was joking with someone the other day because I'm always struggling to get like more nice clothes in my very limited wardrobe. And that's for various reasons it's limited, but part part of it's self-induced because I don't want much. Part of it's self-induced because I don't want to spend the effort to go buy stuff. Right. But I'm frustrated because I'm always like, I don't want to wear any of this stuff. But with kids being like little, they're snotting, they're crying, like you're always getting that stuff all over your clothes. So it's like either you dress up and you leave the house before they get up or you just know I'm either going to get snot on me before I go into these meetings or whatever I'm doing for the day. Or I have to like change my shirt. Right. Like those are the options. Right. So. Yeah. Not, not great options. You know, it'd be better. What's that? If we had like some kind of garb, like a, like a priestly garb. A priestly garb. If you would. Yep. You know. Yep. Just a a plain color. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing too flashy. (laughs) No. Humble, simple, cover ourselves like a, like a dress. What I would really like is a big chain. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, preferably with a cross in there so people could tell that I was a Christian. Yes, a big um, hat. A big hat would really have to be the final touch. Uh-huh. And looks like a beard is required. <laughs> we're looking at, uh, for those listeners who were able to pick up on this, we're looking at an image of a few Eastern Orthodox priests or right. bishops or, yeah. So we have a, a few few topics here, or two topics, I should mm. say. 
um, as we head now, now we're in 2023 and we haven't recorded wow. what in a couple months. I don't know, man. It's been a whole, we have been slacking. So for those who no are still riding and dying yeah. with us, thank you. You guys are great. Um, forgive out, us for not being there, as consistent. We're sorry. Yeah. So, um, we are now looking at a, a few topics. Mm. I keep saying a few, we have yeah. three topics in the hopper, but we're going to address two of them today. Yes. So the first one is on Eastern Orthodoxy mm -hmm. and, um, faithful listener to the program. Yeah. Good friend, a member of our church, uh, Greg Guidarelli yeah. writes in, he says, I wanted to ask if you could cover the Eastern Orthodox tradition. I'm curious about the origin. Was this a split from Catholicism and a common argument that this is the most direct line of practice since the apostles? He says, a dear friend of mine split from Protestant view several years ago and is deeply involved in Eastern Orthodoxy with his family today. Uh, within our conversations, he affirms Christ as sole source of salvation. Praise God. But still partakes in various elements unique to this sect, such as the images of old saints hung in the home. Why do they practice these things and do they rely on them for salvation? Love to engage them lovingly regarding his convictions with a little more clarity. So first off, mm. um, I love the way that Craig asked this. Craig, tip he, of the cap to you, sir. Yeah, he didn't paint his friend in a, in a terrible light. Um, and he Were you his friend? Were you talking about you? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Okay. <laughs> um, he, he, didn't, he didn't paint him in a terrible light. And he also shows a lot of care for him. Yeah. Um, he clearly disagrees with them, which I appreciate it when people can disagree and mm. still do that in a charitable way. Do you ever disagree with Greg? Jeff? <laughs> Not that I know What's of. His name? Greg? Yeah, exactly. He called him Jeff, didn't you? Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate him sending this in and um, asking it even the way that he asked it. So mm. we're, we're going to go over a little bit of it. Yeah. And we might be able to cover all those things. We might, might not be able to. Um, but yeah. Craig, if, if we don't cover all of it, then you know how to get in touch with me and be happy to send over some more stuff. Sunday mornings at 10, primarily. <laughs> so that's the primary place where he's going to be able to find me. <laughs> the church gathers. Exactly. Okay, so Rick, whoa, I about spilled all I my tea. All of your computers. That was so close. That was exciting. Very exciting. No tea spilled, everybody. So, the difference Rob. between Eastern Orthodoxy yes. and Catholicism. Yeah. I'm asking you. Is there a question there? Yeah, okay. I, I'm asking what you. Is the paint, paint, yeah, what is the difference? Yeah, broad strokes here. Yeah, broad strokes. Um, well, Rob, can I call you Rob? Let's uh, take. Let's stick with Robert. Let's Thanks. take Bobby. Let's take back <laughs> a step and just do a quick church history okay. lesson here. Let's very, very quick because my history isn't that good. But we know that the Eastern Orthodox, what we know, what we call the Eastern Orthodox Church, and what we call the Roman Catholic Church, were one church up until this great schism. I think of. 1055? 1054. 1054. And so there was, a, there was a church leaders in Rome, and there was church leaders in Constantinople. And both were growing in authority, and there's a lot of history as far as what, as far as what led them to split, but essentially they split. And this was uh, the first, like, massive schism. This is a thousand years into the church age. Um, you know, Christianity has already been recognized as a state religion in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of authority. There's a lot of power. There's a lot of money involved. And they split. And when that happens, there's – when that happened, the, both churches retained a lot of similarities. They're very liturgical services. Um, their, their belief in apostolic succession, which means that the leaders of the church – are, um, have been appointed from, they have six, what's the word? Um, they, they're in direct lineage, not blood, but appointed by the church from uh, Peter. Paul, Peter, and the, the apostles. So then, when that split happens, there's some 
significant shifts, but some some minor ones. One, like they view salvation and the ordinances a little bit differently. Um, they view the role of like the church with granting salvation, I think, a little bit differently. They have a huge difference in view, one being the, the papacy. So Eastern Orthodox don't believe in the, that there is the Pope. They don't believe there's one head to the church. They believe that there's a figurehead, like a an archbishop, I think they call him, um, or priest, like a figurehead, but they, don't, they do not give him the same authority or recognition that the Catholics give to the Pope. So out of the traditions, the two split, there's a lot of similarities in um, what would be like praying to icons, those kinds of things, uh, the saints. So when, as far as comparing the tradition, Protestantism, to Eastern Orthodoxy, it's a lot of the same comparisons we would make with Catholicism. Right. There's some differences, but for the most part, it's pretty much the same. Right. We believe that salvation is through Christ alone. Not through the church, kind of granting that. Yeah, we don't believe that Christ alone, faith alone, right? Christ alone. We don't believe that the um, ordinances or the or sacraments are um, salvific. You can be saved through those. We would say that regeneration um, and adoption, justification happened in a, all those things are happening in a moment of salvation. They're not. It's not a progress. Uh, we would also add that we that the scripture is again. Sola Scripture, our final authority. Yeah. We have tradition. Yeah. We trust tradition, but it's not a, an authority the same way that Scripture is an authority for us. Yeah, I, can't, I, I consistently have to bring this up whenever we're talking about tradition, is that we don't neglect tradition. Right. To say, oh, it's just me and my Bible on an island. Right. It's not so low, Scripture, it's so law. And so mm -hmm. we appreciate tradition, we want to look yeah. to tradition, but if there's any contradiction between the practices that we have set up traditionally mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and God's revealed word, then we are going to say we take God's word over our tradition. Right. And so that that's the that's the difference there. It's not that Protestants reject tradition. It's that it all comes under the authority of God's word. And yeah. if anything is out of bounds, then we reject it. Yeah. And one thing I would say on the front end of all this, having talked with just people and read stuff and have friends who've kind of gone through these things, most people who transition from Protestant to Catholicism or to Eastern Orthodoxy don't do so um, when they're looking for, like, they do so out of a void, I guess is, let me say it a different way. There's a void of something for them in Protestantism, and there is, well, they're attracted to these, these other traditions for a lot, a lot of times it's just the rich tradition. Like, there's just a richness to it. There's um, a depth in just relationship by the design of, of especially, especially Eastern Orthodoxy in the West, because it's much smaller than Catholicism. Right. So there's a richness there that people love. Um, but rarely, I don't see, I gotta be careful here. Um, there's just a lot that, that appeals to people outside of what you find in Scripture. Right. So it's like, people are like, yeah, I just was reading the Bible. I just kept reading the Bible and I converted. It's like, no, I, I was reading this thing. Then I started reading the Apocrypha. Then I started right. reading all these other things. Then I was reading the Church Fathers. And it's like, those things aren't bad per yeah. se. But you start viewing, you start reading those things and you're viewing the scripture through those things. Yep. And that's naturally where you're going to well, end and, up. And if you, you want to see an example of this, yeah. Um, firsthand, you don't, have, you don't have to know any of these people personally. Like, yeah. maybe you do know somebody personally, mm -hmm. as Greg wrote in, who, who converted to. Eastern Orthodoxy, and he's got his reasons, but you want to see people give their reasons, just hop onto YouTube and yeah, watch yeah. a video on the difference between 
Eastern Orthodoxy and mm-hmm. Protestantism or Roman Catholicism and Protestantism. Yeah. And you'll see the people who are in favor of either Roman Catholicism or Eastern Orthodoxy, they will mention in the comments about how it just seems to resonate with them mm-hmm. or how yeah. they just find themselves more appealed to uh, the traditions or to yeah. these various things. Very rarely, I, I say rarely because I'm sure it's out there, but I haven't right. seen it. I have not seen anybody mm-hmm. say I converted because I was convinced based off of God's word. Yeah, right. It's and, always something else. And what those who advocate for Roman Catholicism or for Eastern Orthodoxy will say is, well, how did we get God's word? Mm-hmm. The church. Mm-hmm. And so therefore the church has equal authority. Now, Protestants, if you're a Protestant out there and you're listening to this, here's what your response should be, is that the church didn't give us God's word. Mm-hmm. The church recognized god's word he said that he would send his spirit and we'd mm-hmm. be able to recognize his words right and so therefore we are recognizing what is god's word right we are not creating that's right. god's word and so therefore we, we would affirm now that we have god's canon in mm-hmm. the 66 books of the bible and if something does not fit with that mm-hmm. then we should reject it yeah yeah i think it's a great point understanding like tradition understanding where god's word come from comes from where the authority comes from and again understanding that most people it's not really because of scripture that they're converting right. or even not converting i think what's compelling about catholicism a little bit but even eastern orthodox more so maybe is like it's offering you a a more it feels like or it looks like a more robust filled out faith you know where protestantism protestantism is go to church on sunday maybe sunday night be involved with a bible study um, vote conservative and, you know, um, and, and be genuine about those things. And, and yeah, that's kind of it. Whereas these other, these traditions are so by necessity, because there's more that you have to do to be saved. They're just, they're so much more full in the sense of you have all these different processes and things you have to go through. And like it, then you begin to do life in a more of a unique way. And so it builds in naturally just more kind of a, enclave of culture into your life i yeah. think people love that yeah because they're just going through like you know i go to church like i'm around mm. these people for like maybe max three hours a week right like what is it like well you know it's empty their protestant faith feels empty well yeah and i and i would say that part of the reason for that is because when someone becomes roman catholic or someone becomes eastern orthodox and they're really uh, find themselves being um appealed or appealed to with when it comes to the traditions it's because they realize that they're joining something that's bigger than them. Like mm-hmm. guys walking around in these robes. Yeah. Like that seems weird in our mm-hmm. culture. You're and right. so, and so right. it's like, okay, they must really believe what they're doing because that, that just seems like a strange practice. Yeah. So it's clearly like, okay, these traditions have come from a long way. Like this is bigger than me. Whereas mm-hmm. much of Protestantism yeah. has taken justification by faith, by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. Yeah. And rightly mm-hmm. said that the bar of entry mm-hmm. is pretty low in the sense of repent and believe the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we have not done a good job of saying the bar is also high. Right. And that you're called to die. Yeah. And so we, we've made the, the bar really low in the sense of say this prayer mm-hmm. or just write down your Bible when you believe. Yeah. And then we don't talk on the back end of what rich discipleship looks like, what it looks like to die to yourself. And so then we end up adopting not the traditions of maybe Eastern Orthodox or Roman Catholicism, 
but we try to make ourselves look more like the world. Right. And we see what happens in a lot of Protestantism right now mm-hmm. is we adopt the traditions of corporate America. Right. To where yeah. when a church builds a building, it looks like a business. Mm-hmm. When a church mm-hmm. has a website, it looks like the like another nice business. And mm-hmm. we, we try to make it look like and feel like yeah. more of a production yeah. than we do yeah. the church that's been around for 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it, your website has to look a certain way, your building has to look a certain way, mm. but we try so hard to yeah. stay at that low bar of entry. And and I don't want to knock the low bar of entry. That's the beautiful thing about the gospel is repent and believe. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's also the back end of making disciples and, and mm-hmm. that is the call to die. And that, yes. that makes that bar higher yes. than yeah. just confessing with your mouth. There goes the printer. Mm, it's confessing. It does that randomly. Yeah, it, it's just keeping the things aligned. I think what's what's interesting. You want to stop? No, keep going. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's as you think about our faith in the tradition of like the American Church, the Western Protestant Church versus the Eastern Orthodox Church? It's like if you could go back to the year twelve hundred or, or eight hundred A.D. and you would see a very cultural tradition. Yeah. So. I would never say like, oh, I'm well-traveled or I've traveled a lot of places, but I've been... You're pretty well-traveled. I've been to like Eastern countries. I've been to Russia several times. I've seen a lot of these Eastern Orthodox churches and it's very cultural for them. Right. I mean, it's very cultural. And so what's interesting... (laughs) I don't know. It does this randomly. It just keeps going. Listeners, I'm sorry. It's not printing anything. It's just making noises. This printer is like on its last leg. You know, you need to change it. Probably the toner. That's why it's making those noises. Was your, you had the same printer. Was it yeah. making those noises for you? And I changed the toner and it fixed it. Oh, man. Maybe that's what... I don't know. It's um, weird. Anyway, shake it around. Kick it. Yeah. Um, It's still going, though. It's still going. <laughs> this is making for a great episode. <laughs> we're, I feel like we're here like the the printing house of like... <laughs> hot off the press, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, but any tradition is cultural. We just get enough people around it to make it cultural. And I think what... what people are hungry for one of the things and i don't want to paint all people who are eastern orthodox because there's people i respect and value and i think they're genuine all those things um but it it, for americans a lot of them that are converting there's just there's a like i said before a deep richness there that they want and it's like they don't know how to establish that in protestant in protestantism without being like weird homeschool families who like all wear like jean you know jumpers and and you know high water pants and don't fit right. or whatever you know right so it's like no but how do you build robust tradition like good not like authority tradition but just tradition in your in your life with people and live meaningfully it's like man people have really struggled to do that right um and part of that i think not to babble on here but is in protestantism what is difficult it's a good thing though is there's so like we would say sola scriptura, right? So scripture says, it. so there's so much interpretation, right? Yeah, so like yeah. everyone's arguing about everything. It's like, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. Like that's why we're, we believe this. We believe yeah. we should and can and argue these things. Whereas with other traditions, it's like, just tell us what to believe. Yeah. Like I'm wore out, just tell that's me. That's it. So, so, okay. So I want to get back to some of the uniqueness of Eastern Orthodoxy. So they, like you already mentioned, mm-hmm. there's a like a plurality when it comes to the papacy. So yeah. they still view... Some people at the top, um, it's kind of like many popes, not one. Um, they're also okay with idol worship, yeah. which... Is, well, they wouldn't say that, but if, yeah. Of course, they wouldn't say that, but that's <laughs> that's what it is. Let's just call it what it is. And so, they're okay... What do you mean by that? 
So they believe that God's presence um, or his holiness can be um, found in items or things. Yeah. And so they will have um, icons, is what they call them, of of saints Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. um, I I think of Christ, Mm -hmm. and and they they will, will pray. To yeah. these icons, or touch them, touch yeah, them exactly. in their homes, yeah. And so the, these church building. The, now, if you are a Protestant and um, you're familiar with the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. you recognize this is a violation of the Second Commandment. Right. You shall have no graven images. Right. And so that that command mm-hmm. is saying you should not make any images mm-hmm. in terms of your worship of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you even think about when Christ came, mm-hmm. he came at a time when things could be written down about him. Yeah. But no images or videos could be yeah, taken. Yeah. We are not made, meant to make God in our own image yeah. based off what we think he looks like yeah. or what we think um, like a, a good image of him would, would be. Mm-hmm. And so we're very uncomfortable yeah. with the idea of um, worshiping an image made by our own hands. Mm-hmm. Each Orthodox is more mm-hmm. okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're just okay with 2D images. Mm-hmm. So because it says no graven images, they would mm-hmm. say no 3D mm-hmm. images. Right. They're, yeah. they're okay with yeah. paintings, yeah. images, things like that, but not 3D, no sculptures, nothing like that. Mm. Now, Roman Catholics, they're okay with all of that. <laughs> they're going to the fourth dimension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they've just totally ignored the second commandment, but they still believe in 10 commandments. Yeah. And so what they do is they kind of skip over that second commandment, mm-hmm. and then they split the 10th commandment into two. So mm. you shall not covet your neighbor's wife yeah. and you shall not cover or covet cover. You shall not covet your neighbor's stuff or things. Yeah. And so that's how they get to their 10. Yeah. So we would say, okay, Rome does it wrong by ignoring yeah. the second commandment. Right. And Eastern Orthodox does it wrong by saying that it, it's just 3d images that God's yeah. talking about. Yeah. So that, that's another thing is the mm-hmm. idol or icon yeah. worship. Yeah. Um, they, they like Rome. I mean, I say Roman, I mean Roman Catholics. They also believe in baptismal regeneration, mm-hmm. in that uh, you can you receive a new heart, a heart of flesh, mm-hmm. um, upon baptism. And we'd say no, that that's not not the case. That happens at conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think you would agree. Correct me if if I'm wrong. I'll tell here, you if I don't. Is that <laughs> you can be within the Roman Catholic system or within the Eastern Orthodox system and still be a Christian. A but, faithful Christian is what you mean, like like a we well, we would say like um, honoring the Lord, believing the Bible, like yeah. But, some, but let me okay. let me finish my yeah, statement sorry. here. I'm sorry. That's okay. For, forgive me. You are forgiven. Thank you. <laughs> Make sure to go to the confession box later. <laughs> I'll need to. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, <clears throat> but that's despite their teaching. Yeah. So I, I heard a guy say it this way. He said, "If you're a bad Catholic um, or a bad." Eastern Orthodox, mm-hmm. um, then there's a chance you could be a Christian yeah, who's saved yeah, yeah. Uh, because you believe the gospel. But if you're yeah. a good Roman Catholic yeah. or you're a good Eastern Orthodox and you embrace everything that they embrace, yeah. then you are have now embraced something different than the gospel of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Yeah. And so you can't be a good Catholic or a good Eastern Orthodox follower yeah. um, and be yeah. in a right standing with the God of the Bible. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah would I, you affirm or disagree? I would affirm. Okay, great. <laughs> affirmation given yeah i think that it's true i think that it's hard to sometimes to know that yeah like who's there and who's not um i think that p- most people they don't want to say that they don't want to say oh well you know 
you know, you, you're saying you can't be a Christian if you're a Catholic. It's like, well, no, we're saying we're saying that the Catholic teaching is not the teaching of the Bible. Right. It's if you affirm everything in the Catholic to the gospel. Yeah. catechism, right. you're not going to affirm the yeah. gospel of Jesus Christ. That's not how you, you, you cannot be saved yeah. that way. Um, and I think what's, what's so important about that is understanding that there is a way to be saved. Yeah. And every other way is to be unsaved. And if we are to be a people who desire to honor the Lord and follow the Lord, then it's difficult. It's difficult no matter what tradition you're in to say, what does God, what's God, what's God doing? How's he saving his people? Um, how do we know that? How do I trust that? How do I trust my Bible? How do I trust the church? All those things. And you begin to build in, um, you know, you trust someone, so you trust this. Like, oh, I know them, and they said this, so I trust that. Right. Right. And we do, we all do this right. because we're not omniscient. So we have to, like, you know, we, we can't spend five lifetimes researching everything to figure out the answer. But we are to be faithful to God, worship, desiring God, following God. And I believe as you're genuine in that, He will reveal truth to you. Yeah. Right? Those who seek, find. Yeah. And if you're in a a different tradition, wherever you might be in Protestantism, and you're like, man, I just don't think this is right because of X, Y, and Z. If you seek God to glorify Him, to follow Him from a genuine heart, I think the and you're and you're you're not walking in sin, you're you're not, um, you know, you're not trying to to disregard what He says in His Word. If you're not doing those things, then you He will reveal this to you. Yeah, I really don't think it's like this thing where people are just like, I just don't know if we can know. It's like, no, I think we can know. Right. So you might be in a different tradition currently, but if you're seeking the Lord, he, he will He will reveal this to you. Well, in clarification, which I, I know you're going to agree with, just to say it clearly, is that when you say seeking the Lord, you're referring yeah. to seeking the Lord in the ways that he has revealed himself in yeah. the word. Not yeah. like, well, I'm going to go on this trip into the Himalayas and try to find who right. God is. Yeah, I think that God has, um, you cannot seek truth other than the way that truth has been given, yeah, you can't you can't seek God in a way that He hasn't well, revealed Himself. Well, you can't himself. find truth. You could probably seek it. Well, yeah, but then I would say you're not seeking. Right. That's I, guess. I see what you're saying. But, no one but, seeks it after God. Yeah, like if you're like, well, I'm going to seek God the way I want to. It's like, well, then you're going to find the God you want to find. Yeah, and that's it's it. not. It's going to be yourself. Yeah. Good clarification. And I think that so if you're serious, and I'm saying this as a person who's seeking after. Um, um, Yahweh, the God of the Bible, the Creator, God, right, the only true God. Yeah. Then you will find Him. Yeah. Because we, I would say, as a as a good Protestant, but as a good Christian, that's God working in you. Yes. And He will bring it to completion. Yep. Yep. Um, another interesting thing. So we we kind of just threw the Roman Catholics under the bus there a little bit with the Eastern Orthodox. Um, but um, to to be on the same team as the Roman Catholics, there is a thing called the filioque clause, mm. and that was with the Nicene Creed where. Um, the the West added in a clause yeah. that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. Filioque mm -hmm. is Latin for and from the Son. Mm -hmm. And we would affirm, as well as Roman Catholics, yeah. that the Holy Spirit does flow from the Father and the Son. Eastern Orthodox would say that is the Holy Spirit flows from the Father alone. Mm -hmm. So that it's a it's a difference, yeah. um, and it does matter. It'd, we'd probably have to get into another podcast into yeah. all the reasons why it matters but just just to know that about their understanding of the holy spirit mm -hmm. 
Um, that was one of the reasons used for the Great Schism of mm-hmm. 1054. Mm-hmm. Um, people that I've listened to on this have said that that might have been one of the reasons, but the primary reason was mm-hmm. really authority. Yeah. Um, not wanting to submit to the Pope mm-hmm. and wanting to submit to yeah. bishops instead. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's also the difference between Orthodox and Protestantism with regard to salvation. Mm-hmm. So Protestants would affirm that salvation comes through mm-hmm. grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. That Christ lived a perfect life that we did not live. Mm-hmm. And so, and then he died the death that we deserve to die. Right. And so he stands in as our substitute. Mm-hmm. And as our substitute, he takes our death, our punishment, yeah. and then gives to us his reward, his yeah. righteousness. Mm-hmm. So his righteousness, which then grants us his reward. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, when we consider the holy God of the Bible, who mm-hmm. cannot dwell with sin, mm-hmm. we, in order to be able to dwell with him, need our sin removed mm-hmm. and we need holiness given to us yeah so it's a twofold imputation right our sin needs to be imputed to somebody else and it needs to be paid for because god is just but then also we need to receive the holiness that is necessary mm-hmm. to be in the presence of god mm-hmm. and we say that christ stands as our substitute mm-hmm. for both of those he takes our sin and then he gives mm-hmm. us his righteousness his yeah. holiness and so that's what we would call substitutionary atonement yeah so he stood in our place took god's wrath and then he, he and then we get to stand in his place with mm-hmm. his holiness in the presence of God. Yeah. Orthodox mm-hmm. would affirm something different. Mm-hmm. They would say that salvation is more healing from slavery um, by participating with Christ in the sacraments and mm-hmm. love, et cetera. This is called theosis. And, and this is um, this is from a an Eastern Orthodox guy named Jonathan Pajot. I do not recommend people to, to listen to him and to follow him. I think he's a false teacher, but um, he is Eastern Orthodox and he's the one who um, said the the quote that I just said there, mm-hmm. healing from slavery by participating with Christ in the sacraments, love and other things, which is known as theosis. And yeah. another um, Eastern Orthodox guy, his name is Father Andrew Demick, D-A-M-I-C-K. Again, mm-hmm. would not recommend um, following him, but he put it this way. He said that salvation is a process that it's, and it's only done with mm-hmm. our cooperation. Whereas mm-hmm. we would just point out Ephesians 2, yeah. say that salvation is a gift, um, right. not accomplished by works. So we don't, we don't contribute anything mm-hmm. to our salvation. Now there are works that follow from it, but we're not contributing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if we have received genuine salvation, if we have been born again, mm-hmm. and then our old selves have died and we're now new creatures in Christ. And so therefore we begin to act differently and right. there there is fruit. Yeah, But we would say we don't, contribute anything to our salvation Mm -hmm. yeah i think what's interesting is and you know you're always like you're always uh, favoring your own team if you will say if i can say it that way but like what i love about the reformation uh, there's a lot of things that weren't great about the reformation but one of the things i love overall a wonderful thing is the simplicity of the gospel, yeah. like getting, you know, you don't you don't read the, the the gospel accounts, you don't read the New Testament, you don't read the Bible and think, well, this is a really intricate system, right? This is so complex, like we're gonna have to have like scholars for generations to just figure this out and tell us what to do. It's just like, here's the good news. Here's your 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 condition: sinful, rebellious, born into sin from Adam. 
here's the hope. Christ, the perfect God-man, lived, died, atoned for you. Believe that and walk with him. And glorify him for, forever. And like, that's it. Yeah. Instead of like, well, you have to do these things, you have to follow these rules, and then you have to, you know, it's kind of this process, and you weren't really that bad off, the Lord's just kind of healing you, or these things. It's like, no, no. There's a, a, a beauty in the simplicity of penal substitutionary atonement. Yeah. It's a big, long words, but it's just like, man, Jesus paid, it's Romans 6, 23. The yeah. wage of sin is death, but the free gift of grace is Jesus Christ. Yeah. So when, when you talk with people about this, because this is the question, like, how do, how do I engage people about Eastern Orthodoxy? The difficulty is not so much in, like, chapter and verse things. It is, are you resting in the completely finished work of Jesus Christ? Right. Yes or no? If you are, then what what does that mean then? And I know he, he shares, like, hey, this brother believes in Jesus Christ for his salvation, which is good. It's like, but... He, if he does, then he's probably just being inconsistent with his lifestyle for, could be selfish reasons. Man, I just, I like the Eastern, I, I enjoy the tradition. It feels good. I want my family to be in a tradition. It could be for good reasons. Like, man, I just, I see the Protestant church going crazy and this this hasn't changed for a thousand years. Let's stick here. Let's stick with this for my, my kid's sake, if he has kids, you know, or whatever. But there's an element of like, are you trusting in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross for you or not? Right. And from that answer flows a lot of the the ramifications of why people like kind of make the jump. Right. Well, well, Paul, in writing to the Galatians, he was pretty stern with them because they began to um, embrace this idea that salvation was like kind of this process of, hey, yes, faith, but also works. Mm-hmm. And... And Paul, yeah. Paul gets gets really stern with them, especially at the beginning of chapter 3. He says, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Mm-hmm. It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? And so in those three verses... Paul's like, did you receive the Spirit mm. by works of the law or by yeah. the flat or by by hearing yeah. with faith? Mm-hmm. He's like, if you heard it with faith, if you received mm-hmm. God's Spirit by faith, then do you think you're going to be perfected? Like, do you think you're going to acquire salvation mm-hmm. by works of the law, yeah. or do you think you're going to acquire it by by faith? Yeah. And we would say that that's the big problem with mm-hmm. the Roman Catholic system and the Eastern Orthodox system is that it's faith plus yeah these things yeah and and. The, yeah. the charge that's typically laid back mm-hmm. from Eastern Orthodox or from Roman Catholics against Protestants is that you guys, you guys think that works don't matter. You're antinomian, anti-law. Mm-hmm. And we would say, no, that, that's not what we're saying. Yeah. They do matter. They just don't contribute at all mm-hmm. to our salvation. Right. Because we are not resting on our works for salvation. We're resting on the finished work right. of Christ. Yeah. The one who is, who is perfectly holy and righteous. Yeah. And if we receive his perfect holiness and righteousness, yeah. then there's nothing we can add. Right. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. Right. And so we still say, yes, you should be uh, pursuing Christ. You should be pursuing holiness. You should still be evangelizing. You should still mm-hmm. be participating in a local church. You should be a faithful member of that church. You should not neglect the gathering. You should participate mm-hmm. in the ordinances, all these things. Yeah. Care for the poor. What, like, you fill in yeah. the blank. But none of those things actually contribute to your salvation. Right. Because we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. 
Yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, there's a lot to say to all these things. I just think it's important to remember, like, uh, a lot of this is just heart stuff of, like, cult, I would say culture, but um, it sounds, you get in these conversations, and they're very academic, and they're very like, well, you need to read the Church Fathers, you need to do this. It's like, well, yeah, you should read the Church Fathers. It's yeah. good stuff. But I wouldn't read the Church Fathers from their commentaries, from their perspective, but from Protestant perspectives. But a lot of the the difficulty is when you begin to peel back the layers they want they want Jesus Christ they want salvation but they want to wrap all that in this just religiosity and tradition that cloaks the majesty and the beauty of the work of Christ yeah and it's just a shame yeah yeah um okay so moving on cuz that that was a lot and a lot. the next topic yeah. isn't, isn't going to be as long, but... Rob, you need to take a smoke break? Or are you going to stop? <laughs> 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 uh, no, I don't, actually. Okay. Um, I, I would like some more tea. Are those no filters or are those filtered cigarettes? I can't... <laughs> <laughs> I looked over where you pointed. I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, no cigarettes in here. Uh, I do not smoke cigarettes. Camel black for Rob. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so this next one um, is from Tyler Law. He listens faithfully as well. Mr. Law. He's sending a couple. We're only addressing one right now. Yeah. But he um, works at a large corp- corporation. Um, I'm sure you just Google his name now that he's he in, said it. Yeah, he's, in, he's in corporate America. And so he has to deal with a lot of this stuff. And I used to work for a Fortune 500 company. And so some of the stuff that he's bringing up, um, I can empathize with. Yeah. I didn't work in their corporate headquarters. So they were in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like heard a lot of the stuff and was a lot of the stuff trickled down right um but he's in like the corporate office yeah the corporate office and so he's even more so and he's he's higher up in the company than what i was at my company so he especially is dealing with some of this stuff but his question is how to navigate dei in the workplace rick do you know what dei is (laughs) well i i did and i forgot i'll say that way yeah Yeah. no rob said i was like dei what I mean, I'm a little behind here, but what does that mean? <laughs> so the fact that I didn't know like right away what it meant tells you probably one, I'm probably not qualified to answer this question. You are. <laughs> but you two, are. I was like, man, I'm behind. But um, diversity, you, yep. equity, uh-huh. and inclusion. That's it. Now, can you define each one of those? <laughs> diversity is not the same <laughs> okay so how to navigate diversity equity and inclusion in the workplace and essentially this is um a push in corporate mm-hmm. america yeah to um have more people in positions yeah. that reflect um different sexual orientations yeah. different gender identities um different ethnicities which like we, we wouldn't be opposed to different ethnicities things like that but Mm-hmm. Um, what it is is it's it's this this push of trying to yeah. elevate um, some things that that could be good um, in that hey like if Rob's woke yeah I'm, I'm trying I'm I'm trying to walk a very narrow line here um, Rob's trying to be fair to someone we'd be against affirmative action um, yeah but if if um, someone of a different ethnicity were to get a position higher up in the company great that's awesome yeah I but, think. Go ahead. Go go ahead. I'm just saying, like, typically, traditionally, and maybe both those words got me in trouble, but we work off a merit-based system. Yes. You get a job, you get a promotion, you get a pay raise, you get whatever, because you've you've earned it. The merit of your work has earned that for you. Yep. Now, 
I'd be the first to say for sure, like there are, um, there's a broken system because there are a lot of people who do the work. It's their work and they don't get credit for it. Yep. Right. And this is all throughout all of human history. This happens. It will continue to happen. So I get, they're like, Hey, well, let's stop doing a merit-based system. And let's say, well, who has been defranchised? Like who has, just, they've drawn the short straw, so to speak. And let's help them out. That's like what equity is like. Okay, you draw the short straw because your your race or your gender or your your intersectionality. So let's elevate you because you need us to do that. Which is a really demeaning thing when you think about it, because you're saying based on your own right. your own person, you're not worth it. So let's build a system that's going to hold you up. Yep. So it's really demeaning and, and unfair to the, the the general population and to those people as well. Yeah. So it's a double kind of smack. Um. But the question, how do you navigate these things in the workplace is really hard because it's like, well, you can't really navigate. It's like, it's becoming more, um, and I don't want to be like extreme here, but genuinely like it's either you accept it or you're done. Yeah. And that's what's hard. It's like, how do I navigate? It's like, well, I don't know if there's a whole lot of navigating to do here. I mean, there is. I, I'm, I'm Right. But not much. Yeah. Like, well, I think you hit the nail on the head and, and I'm, I'm glad that you interjected there to help me out. Because the the merit based system is is what we should be looking to. Yeah. Do we want to reward this person based off of their socioeconomic status, based mm -hmm. off their gender, based off their sexual orientation, based off ethnicity, based off like language, disability, age, wh whatever? Like, do we want to right. reward them based off those things, mm -hmm. or do we want to reward them based off of the work that they've done? Right. And those, and, are, those and, are the and, two competing ideologies. Yeah. And I think what's been hard is it's, we're not we need to get away from let's well. We have two equally valuable candidates for whatever. Well, this person's connected to money or their family has family connections and this person's like, you know, uh, black or they're, they're a minority of some sort. So let's go with the, the non-minority person, the person with all the connections. Right. So that's, that's a violation of James. Yeah, I mean, showing not, partiality. This is James writing to the church and the church gathering. And so I'm not, I'm not trying to confuse those, but there's a, there's a showing of partiality to people who... Um, because of their family status or their connections or whatever, you're giving them a promotion. You're favoring them for what they might actually bring back to you yeah. Uh, rather than their merit. So again, yep. you're still violating the merit system, if you will, if we can say it that way. Yeah. But yeah. So let me, let me quote the verse that you yeah. just mentioned in James. This is James 2, starting in verse 8. If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. So James starts off saying, hey, okay, love your neighbor mm -hmm. as yourself. If mm -hmm. you fulfill this, you're doing well. Then he elaborates, verse 9. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. And so what you're getting at there is spot on, is to, to show partiality is sinful. And so if someone does a great job, and let's say this is just random, let's just say scale mm -hmm. of one, one to 10, yeah. they do uh, an, a seven, mm -hmm. and then, but they f check a couple of the boxes on the diversity, equity, inclusion yeah. thing. Yeah. And then this other one does yeah. an eight. Right. Then without showing partiality, you'd say, okay, the eight yeah. is the one that we should put into that role. Right. But the diversity, equity, inclusion says, well, yeah. let's look at some of additional things here, not based off of merit, but based off of things that are uncontrollable. Yeah. And so there are these various different boxes mm -hmm. that they check. And then they check enough boxes like, hey, maybe we should put this person in there. So it shows that we're being diverse, we're being equitable, we're right. including. And so that's where it gets where it gets off. And where as a Christian, you, you have to say, 
look, I, I have to base my decision making off of merit, mm-hmm. based off of the work that's done, mm-hmm. not based off things that candidate A and candidate B can't control. Right, right. Or for the most part, can't control. Yeah, I mean, it's general. I think so. So I think that's the hard part of like, so diversity. Like, we're all for right, good, healthy diversity. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think when you talk about equity, that's where it's like, okay, equity is difficult because it's based could, off of whose equity, right? Exactly. Who's how, do you standard, define, how do you find your who's, justice? Who's measuring tape? The inclusion part where it's, where it gets really difficult. It's like, okay, now we're forcing this inclusion, which the word inclusion. Um, to force inclusion is to be to be anti-inclusion, really. Like, you, and this is what's so frustrating. I think about people who are pushing a lot of this agenda is like, you're wanting me to include them, but you're not giving me any, any option to. You're mm. saying you have to include include them or else. Yeah. And or else you're not included. R- right. You're excluded, and they're fine with that. And, and and like I'm fine with being excluded. That's whatever. But the point being, if you want people or a society to really in, help people be inclusive, it's like you're trying to change their heart. You can't change their heart. Right. You can write 15 policies and go to have go to a seminar on DEI stuff every month. They're not going. You're not going to change their heart. Yeah. To help them be inclusive. Yeah. Right? I mean, we don't have to go back, but a hundred years in American history to think. Like, how well does forced inclusion work? Right. Right. And what I, what I mean by that is is how we how we treated um, immigrants, how we treated uh, Asian people during the World Wars, how we treated the Jews, how we treated black people over the last hundred years. And I say we, I mean just America. Yeah. Right? Just broad brush there. Like, we're, you can't force these things. And just because all the media can, can paint a picture and say these things and everyone looks like it's going well, like, that's not... That's a that's a fake uh, tent. I mean, that thing's going to blow over in the wind. Right. So you you're building these fake structures of inclusion that are built on lies that, when tested, will crumble. Yeah. And then everyone's going to kind of look around like, what's going on? Yeah. And I think a lot of this comes understanding this as Christians. First John chapter five, um, verse nineteen. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power. Of the evil one. Hmm. And as we think about navigating these situations, we have to understand these aren't like, um, we're not going to reason much with this, the people who are under the sway of the evil one. There's not a whole lot of room here. So um, the brother Taylor, is it Taylor? Tyler. Tyler. Sorry, it's, it, I can read it now. <laughs> Tyler, like, how do you, how do you navigate that? Like, what do you say? Hey, I'm not going to call you by the pronouns you want. I'm not going to acknowledge yeah. your gender. Yeah. I mean, those are all things but he you're, has to you're, navigate. You're referring to someone who's asking for pronouns that are not consistent with their biological sex. Yes. And not someone who's saying, I am a gender that's not consistent with my biological sex. Yeah. Because because as Christians, we are to speak truth. Yep. And to, I, I sat through a class on this, which was talking about, like, what do you do in the workplace mm-hmm. if, yeah. you're, if your co-worker says, hey, I now go by these pronouns, which is yeah. different than what's my biological yeah. sex. Is it loving to use mm-hmm. those pronouns? Mm-hmm. And, and, the instructor, I think rightfully, pointed out that no, it's not loving. Yeah. If you're defining love in the way that the scriptures define love, yeah. it's not loving for you to mm-hmm. do that because you are continuing to feed into this right. lie mm-hmm. that the evil one has put in, into this person right. and this right. person is now believing. So don't feed into it. Shed light yeah. onto the situation. Now, 
you could, there's a way of going about that yeah. that can be helpful and a way of going about that that mm-hmm. can be unhelpful. Mm-hmm. And so you need to do that in a way that, that that's helpful. Right. But being loving doesn't mean catering to the lie that this right. person is bought into. Right. I, I would say that if you are in a situation like that, then you should not acknowledge that person's mm-hmm. pronouns. If it's not consistent with their biological sex, you should not acknowledge that gender yeah. if it's not consistent. And so, yeah, you just talk, talk, talked about pronouns and gender, and I just yeah. wanted to clarify if someone yeah. is in that position. No, I, and that's the hard part. I mean, that's like where the rubber meets the road with this stuff, is like, if a company wants to be diverse and, and equitable and inclusive, like, it's up to them to define that. And that's like, I'm not here to define that for them. But when they force me to then respond in a certain way right. to their decision, right? that's where it gets really difficult. That's where Tyler's problem is. It's like, yeah. how long can you stay at a company that's going to force you to use someone's pronouns? Yeah. Well, at some point, you're probably, I don't know Tyler's situation exactly, but I have another friend who works for a large company and he's mm-hmm. moved up a couple spots. And he's like, as I move further up, I have to now, instead of sitting in on these trainings mm-hmm. and these pushes for DEI. Yeah. They're eventually going to ask me to lead them. Yeah. And and he's like I can't do yeah. that. Yeah. And 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 as Christians, the faithful response is yes, I can I can't do that. And that right. We just have to recognize that will cost us. Yeah. It'll cost us our jobs. Mm-hmm. It'll cost us careers. Mm-hmm. And it it could very well cost us our our lifestyle. Yeah. And so you yeah. might if you stay in a corporate position, whether it's Tyler, whether it's the other guy, whether it's somebody else listening, whether you stay there, mm-hmm. you could make X amount of dollars. Right. But if you can no longer work in that kind of position in a company that size and you have to go work at a smaller company for, you might make less money and that yeah. might change your lifestyle. Yeah. But it's worth it if it means you're faithful. Right. Right. And that's hard. That's hard because it's new for a lot of us. Yeah. You know, and so like a lot of these people like Tyler have to be new for us meaning like this isn't new to christianity but it's new for us culturally so it's yeah. like yeah you're, you're not seeing all these other people like kind of taking the hit you're like no one else everyone else is just like going along with it yeah they're just like hey i'm gonna all you you know if you want me to say they them i'll say they them that's fine right like i don't need to sacrifice my family just by saying not saying they them but you you have to be just very very intentional and prayer prayerful and just honest like why are you capitulating on truth yeah you know, I think that my encouragement to anyone in this situation would be just start having just some conversations. Because if you have some conversations with whoever's your management, whoever's above you, HR, and they're like, like this is the way it's going to be. Well, it's, it's fair to know that and have three months to go find a different job. Right. Then to like, because you might have to take a stand and lose your job that day. And right. these, these are like, I say that this is a radical thing. Yeah. It could happen though. Um, but, I think sometimes we want to, we just want to kind of keep this at bay because we don't want to think about it. We just wait for the problem to come to us. Yeah. And then you're kind of in between a real rock and a hard spot. It's like, well, if you could just have some conversations, try to get a feel on where your company's at on this. Are they okay with you and your faith? And and you're like, hey, you know, this is my faith, and I'm, I just can't do that. Yeah. You know, being humble and wise and prudent. Um, figure that out because if you need to make a move, you know, make a move. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, that, it's so vague. It's so hard. Like, I don't know what to do with that stuff. But be faithful to the scriptures and be faithful to Christ. Don't compromise, and so that's going to cost you. Right. That's good. All right. Um, that's yeah. That should be that should be enough on that. <laughs> I mean, I, I've yeah, we scraped said... it. we scraped enough out of that one to get an episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, 
Listeners. Hopefully what we said was helpful. If it wasn't, then just nix it, guys. But if you do have any other um, topics you'd like to throw in there, then head over to simpletheology.org where you can throw them in. You can also email us at info at simpletheology.org. Mm. And yeah. anything else? We, we haven't been podcasting in a couple uh, months. So I, I feel, I forget I how feel like a noob. I feel like I'm just... I don't know. Shaking I'm off talking the rust. into the mic the right way, right? I know. This isn't, is this the microphone? Is this the right side of the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to get this thing out soon and get more episodes coming your way here in 2023. Thanks, guys. Thanks.